Let's get it, let's get it, let's get it. It's your boy Sully on the Excuse Me podcast. And today we're going to talk about something that can prevent you from getting to your divine purpose. Something that could prevent you from getting to the ultimate goal that God has for you in your life. So with that being said, we're going to pray and we're going to get to the subject matter. We're going to get to some breakthroughs and we're going to get right into it. So God... Thank you for this day. Thank you for all you've given us today. Thank you for allowing us another day to just breathe, to just hope, to just dream, to just live through you and live through your son, Jesus Christ. We pray that whatever message comes from this podcast, it penetrates the heart and soul and that your word resides there and that you build a temple within the hearts of all those that are listening and all those that remain to study. And we pray for all those that are hurting and suffering During times of COVID and just hard times all over the globe, it doesn't have to necessarily be COVID specifically, but we all know we're all going through challenges. We're all going through rough patches. We're all going through some type of adversity. And you, with the greatest dominion over everything, can pull us through any diversity and we lean on that strength. We say these things in your name, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So today we are going to look at Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 through 11. And then we're going to break down some things and expand on some things and hopefully get to where God has intended this message to be. Okay, so here we go. Chapter 4, verse 1. Let's get it. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Then Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all of their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said. If you bow down and worship me, then Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels attended him. Amen. 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 Okay, so we're going to go over chapter four, verses one through 11. We're going to break some things down. We're going to have some breakthroughs and we're going to come to some understanding and allow God's message to flow through. So let's go back to the very beginning. Chapter four, verse one, one and two. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And here we see the human side of Jesus. He becomes hungry. 
Yep, the word of God in the flesh. Yep, he goes 40 days and 40 nights. Awesome. Iron Man status. Yep, Jesus, ultimate status. The word of God. Been there since the beginning. But because he is in a man's body here on the planet, he becomes hungry. And we see a need that drives into effect. And we all can relate to the point of being spiritually hungry, a need to grow closer to God. We have a desire to be close to God's heart. And when we fast, that's exactly what is happening. Although our physical state, although our physical state may be longing and aching and feeling very weak, we draw more sensitive to what the spirit is calling us to do when we fast, say or be in these moments of physical struggle. This is a very important note because at times of physical struggle, such as tiredness, pain, or weakness, those are optimum times for the devil to strike and possibly exploit us. When better is it to beat someone when they are perceived to be at their lowest point? And I will say that again, when they are perceived to be at their lowest point. Okay, verse three. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. I'm going to break, break. Stop right there. This verse is very significant. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And why is this significant? We have the devil questioning the status of who Jesus is. But first, let's explore the title that that he brought into the conversation. Where did the devil get the son of God? Where did he get that notion? Just before this chapter, John baptizes Jesus at the end of Matthew 3. And coming out of the water, God acknowledges Jesus as the son with whom he is well pleased. This acknowledgement was just not a proclamation towards an earthly realm, but the entirety of the heavens themselves as well. God is spirit and such is our worship towards him. Correct? But the shockwaves were sent through eternity were enough. These shockwaves that God proclaimed, right? We had John who had acknowledged Jesus. We had him acknowledge him from a man's standpoint. But the heavens opened up and God acknowledged Jesus as his son that he was well pleased with. And this sent shockwaves through eternity. And it was enough to rile up the devil to attempt to undermine the very being of Jesus. But there is no force under heaven that can stop what God has set into motion, what God speaks into existence. Verse number four, Jesus answered. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Break, break. Here we go. Here in verse four, the word of God answers the adversity with the word. He answers the adversity with with the word. We in our lives should turn to the word in response to our opposition prayerfully. It is one thing to quote scripture. It's another to allow God's word to work in our lives. Again, it is one thing to quote scripture. It's another to allow God's word to work within our lives, to be active within our lives, living through the everlasting principles that are lifted from the text. Ephesians 6 verse 17 says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And earlier in Ephesians 6 verse 12, it says, For our struggle, 
our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Moreover, our spirits grow. We gain our providence from the word of God. Man shall not live on bread alone. Yes, we need to feed our physical bodies. This is what our spirit is residing in. Yes, I understand that. And also, we crave a deeper spiritual food which resides in the Bible, the word of God, which blesses us, which strengthens us, and which ultimately pushes us to eternity to live with him. Verse 5 in Matthew chapter 4. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And then Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put your Lord, your God to the test. It is incumbent on the Christian to appropriately interpret text to its true meaning and not to their own perceptions. Proper exegesis and hermeneutical practices is essential because people will attempt to undermine, twist, and convey perceptions that are untrue based on lines of the Bible. And here, of course, we see Jesus reply appropriately to another attempt to undermine his being to push him into an unnecessary position based on a twist of biblical text. Yes, hermeneutics and, and exegesis is a fancy word of saying interpretation. It is important that we interpret. It's important that we're in the word daily and that we're feeding our spirits daily, but it's important that we seek understanding, understanding the backgrounds and understanding the greater text of the word because we know there will be people out there, Christians are included in it, that will choose to use biblical lines or biblical texts, and they use them out of context to get their points across. But it's important to understand the true meaning, the true principle that's being conveyed within a biblical text. So we need to do our due diligence as Christians and then reply appropriately when we have in these conversations. Verse 8 in Matthew chapter 4. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And their splendor. He took them to all the kingdoms of the world and showed them their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Amen. The devil wants us at the end of the day to seek anything but God. Whether it's serving the devil Serving ourselves are serving nothing at all. <laughs> Whether it's serving the devil, serving ourselves or nothing at all. Anything that doesn't point to God, the truth, the way, the life, that's what the devil wants. He wants you to point anywhere but to God. All the things that the devil offered, it is important to note, we're already under God's dominion. And what I really want to drive home is that the devil tried to undermine Jesus before his ministry, before his greatness of all he did even occurred. 
before the salvation of the world, before he picked out his disciples, before he prayed for anybody, before any of the miracles, before he walked with Pharisees, before he did any of the stuff that is a cornerstone of everything that a Christian remembers, before Jesus did all these amazing things, before he was up on the cross and was the lamb slain before the world, before all these amazing things, the devil tried to undermine his greatness. God has a plan and a purpose for everyone. And if the devil can snuff that out before it occurs, he will attempt to do so. We see in this verse, at the dawn of Jesus' three-year ministry, before it even gets started, Jesus hadn't even started preaching and the enemy already wanted to wipe his greatness out. I told you earlier we're going to talk about something that may be possibly a way to stop your your divine calling on your life. Where is the devil attempting to have you settle? Where is he baiting you to prevent the greatness that's been called on your life? What do you need to dial into to get to your destiny? It is important to understand as Christians that we should not settle. We need to dial in to our divine destiny that God is calling us to. We need to walk in obedience, walk in discipline. We need to walk in fortitude. We need to keep moving forward. Keep moving forward in your grind. Do not settle. The worst thing you can do is to settle. The devil will try to put stuff in front of you that gleams and glitters, that has no merit, and that is as deep as the shallow end of the pool. Right? It does not have the depth. It does not have the providence. It does not produce the fruit generationally that you will hope to succeed, that God has planned for you and your family and all those around you by settling. Do not settle. Stay strong spiritually. Stay in it. Stay praying. Stay grinding. And I'll see you next time on another Maximize the Moment. Let's get it. What would Jesus do? He would love first. He would love first. Mm. What would Jesus do? He would love first. Yeah, he would love first. So we should love first. Every